Good evening, Lake Church. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Well, it is so awesome to see all of your beautiful and smiling faces here. And I also want to welcome our online audience. We're so excited that you're tuning in with us tonight. I know God has something so special in store for us. But I have a few announcements before we get into the message. Okay, first announcement is men's breakfast is this Saturday. Uh, I haven't personally been to a men's breakfast before for obvious reasons, but um, I have heard it's a lot of fun, so you should go. It's at the Lake Church camp, and it's at 9 a.m., and the cost is $10. You can pay online before, or you can show up with your $10 at the door. We have a special speaker joining us. It's uh, Steve Reed. He'll be there uh, bringing the word, and we're also going to have biscuits, gravy, bacon, and eggs. Can I get an amen? Yes. So I hope that you'll join us, men. Next announcement, our annual thank you banquet is coming up on August 20th. That'll be in the Area 51 building at 6 p.m. And this banquet is just our way to show everyone who has served faithfully at Lake Church over the last year how grateful we are for you and, and how thankful we are for you and just let you know that we realize there's so much we couldn't do without your help. Um, so I hope that you'll join us. Again, that's August 20th. There is a stipulation, though. We do have to know how much food to prepare. So you, you got to RSVP, all right, to this event. Uh, so you sign up, I guess, services. Uh, and you have to do that by this Sunday, okay? So don't forget, if you serve at Lake Church faithfully, let us honor you, let us serve you, sign up. 
Okay, this next announcement is a new one, so listen up. Pastor Karen announced this this past Sunday. We have a new... um, we have a new event called Train Family Night. This is going to be a month a month, one time per month fellowship for families. So both parents and children are going to be taught um, how to grow in God's word and to reign in life as a growing Christ-centered family. And can I just say, like, I feel so blessed to be a part of a church that has so many opportunities to grow and be discipled and mentored, like, no matter where you're at in life and what stage you're at in life. And this is just another thing that we're adding to the roster. So if you qualify for Train Family Night, I hope that you'll join us. The first one is going to be on August 25th at 6.30 p.m. And that will also be in our Area 51 Student Ministries building. All right. Our last announcement, who in here likes sports? Anybody like sports, playing sports? Okay, I do not. (laughs) I do not, unless you count, like, cheerleading as a sport. Probably you don't. Uh, But if you do like playing sports, LC Heat is back. What this is, it's a three-versus-three basketball tournament, um, and the cost is $45 for the whole team. All the proceeds go to a great cause. They all go to our youth ministry, Area 51, uh, which just has a special place in my heart because... Most Wednesdays, I am over there serving your beautiful, Jesus-loving, intelligent, sometimes sassy teenagers. They're amazing. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, they're awesome. And as much as I get to pour into them, they have completely changed my life and helped me grow in my walk with Jesus, too. So not only will you get to play some basketball, and when you win, you get some bragging rights, but you're also sewing into a ministry that is changing generations to come. So I hope that you'll join us. That is August 27th, and it's going to be directly after service. So it's on a Sunday, so you'll listen to a good word, you'll go change, and then you'll go play your basketball. But even if you don't play basketball like me, you should still come hang out with us because we're going to have Twisted Lime concessions there serving quesadillas and elote and lemonade. So it's going to be a good time. And I lied. We do have one more announcement. I almost forgot. I'm so sorry. Masterclass, our masterclass series that Pastor Greg and Pastor Kevin um, did a few months ago is for sale in the bookstore. So I promise you want it. Please buy it. Now we're going to worship God with our giving. Can I get an amen? Amazing. We're going to worship God with our giving. I do want to let you guys know we have two mission trips leaving Lake Church this month. Our ladies Uganda mission trip leaves August 24th, and then Pastor Bob leaves for the Philippines on August 31st. So please be in prayer with us over those uh, mission trips, and just know that when you sow into Lake Church, you're not just sowing into what you see right here. We're changing lives all over the world, which is just so cool, right? So cool. We have lots of ways to give here at Lake Church. As you know, you can give online at lake-church.com. You can text to give The number is on the screen right there. And if you're watching online, the number is on the screen. You can give on the Church Center app, which is my personal favorite way to give. It's so easy. If you need help downloading it, I will help you. Um, (laughs) And the last way to give is the old, traditional, old-fashioned, probably the most reliable way. Classic is a better word. Yes, I won't use old. I apologize again. The classic way, there are envelopes on the seat backs in front of you, and you can just drop them in the bucket on your way out. And that's all I have. Without further ado, 
Pastor Greg will come to the stage and give us our message. All right. Well, guess where we're guess where we're going to be tonight? Now, let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter three, and we're going to start with verse number fourteen. And um, this is the second prayer that the Apostle Paul gives, which is which we call vital, important prayers to pray over your life personally. The first one's found in the first chapter, and the second one is found in the third chapter. And uh, these are these are vital prayers that you need to be praying over yourself. You need to put yourself in these prayers. And pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling within you, what is the riches of his inheritance, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power. Now, before we go to the 14th verse, I want us to go back to that first chapter because I skipped over when we were going over this months ago, uh, the understanding the power of God is a little bit more explained in the original language than it is in the English text. So when he talks about understanding and having your eyes enlightened to understand the the greatness of his power, you know, that can be kind of blind to us because there are different ideas and definitions for power. And uh, in the Greek language, there are actually, you know, three definite words that are used for power and then there's one that is translated power in the English but is not power and it's the word exousia where we get the word authority which authority is delegated power it's not inherent power it's not power that comes from us it is authority which is means that the name of Jesus and the spirit of God We operate within them, and that authority and that power is delegated to us. Amen? Praise the Lord. Jesus said, all power has been given unto me. That word is exousia, all authority. All authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Go. So when he's talking about that, authority is power. Amen? Because if you have the authority, you've got the power to do it. But your power is not coming from you as the source. It's coming from a greater source. Amen? I don't have the power to cast out demons. I don't have the power to heal the sick. I don't have the power in Greg Hurd to do those things. But in Jesus, I have been given authority over unclean spirits. I've been given authority over sickness and disease. I can raise the dead. Come on now. You need to stir yourself up. But the Apostle Paul, by using the various Greek words for power, gives us a more well-rounded view of the exceeding greatness of his power. So let's read the verse that has all of the power words in it, okay? Most powerful verse in the Bible, right here. Starting with verse number 18, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, 
What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power? Everybody say power. power. Now that word power is the Greek word dunamis. And it just means explosive power. Like we get the word dynamite from. Now the dynamite, as much powder as you pack into it, will, be, will determine the inherent power within that dynamite. And they got different levels of dynamite. Well, praise God, you've got the most packed powder from heaven on the inside of you, and you've got the dunamis power of God. That means that you have explosive power. Amen? And so when you invoke the name of Jesus, when you lay hands on a tumor, when you speak to the mountain, that explosive power is released. Amen? Come on now. All things are possible to them that believe, not those that sit and listen with their head. You've got to believe this stuff. This stuff has to become real to you. You've got to see that when you speak to that situation in your life, that explosive power is released. And whatever obstacle is there, it's annihilated by that power. Just as if you stuck dynamite in it, just if you stuck some kind of uh, you know, a uh, device that would blow things up, uh, C4 or whatever. You put that on there, you see that thing totally destroyed. When you've got sickness in your body, you need to begin to see as you speak the word of God, that dunamis power just destroying every cancer cell in your body, obliterating every bit of arthritis, obliterating every bit of... Praise God, whatever it is you need. If you've got cholesterol problems, you need to s- declare that the life of God's in me and the dunamis power of God and it is annihilating all bad cholesterol, driving it out of my body, blowing it up. Come on. We need to use our God-given imagination as we pray and as we declare. We need to see what God says we need to see within ourselves. Amen? See it destroyed. See it fall. See it topple. See the rubble go into the ground. See the big smoke rise to the air. Begin to see that stuff as you declare these things because you have the dunamis power of God. Now that would be great if that was just it. I mean, if we put a period there, that's pretty awesome. Come on now to have that dunamis power. Praise God. Say, I have have. dunamis power power. on the inside of me. me. I am a power plant. plant. I'm power packed. packed. And praise God. God. Sickness is destroyed by that power. Amen. Fatigue is destroyed by that power. Weakness is destroyed by that power. Demonic power is destroyed by that power. I'm telling you, the demon, demons are afraid of that power. They're afraid of that power. But if you don't know you have it, if you don't believe it, well, I don't believe that. Well, you won't, won't be bothered with it then. Because you don't believe it. Amen? Dunamis power. But he goes on and he says this. What is the greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working? Everybody say working. Working. Now, this is another word for power. This is energeo, energeo in the Greek, and it means energy. 
Praise God, there is a divine energy that is in your life. I said there's a divine energy on the inside of you. By virtue of having the resurrection life of God on the inside of you, there's a divine energy that you have that supersedes anything in this world. It supersedes Red Bull, crack cocaine, and whatever speed you're using. There is energeo, supernatural spiritual strength, that if you'll tap into it and believe it, it will energize your life. And when you come into the task and you feel fatigued and you feel that you're not able to do it, you just need to tap into that inner gale. You need to tap into that power. And you say, Father God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes. Praise God, that word strengthen is in dunamis. It means to be strengthened from within. Praise God. And that's what this is. This is an inner strength to be able to do the task that God has set before you. Whether it's to be a mom and take care of children, which is a great ministry. Whether it's to be a father and lead a family, which is a great ministry. Whether it's to lead a ministry or to lead a business. Whatever it might be, God has given you the energy through the resurrection of Jesus to be able to do it without fatigue and breakdown. Amen. Are you excited about this? Okay. Okay, so we've got working there. It says, according to the working of his great might. That's what my translation says, great might. Okay? Now, these are two words for power. Great is the word, uh, great might, is the, great is the word kratos. And might is the word iskus in the Greek. Kratos iskus. Now this is important for you to understand. Kratos is where we get the word, where we get demos kratos, which is democracy, where we get democracy. And it means rule of the people. Okay? Kratos power is ruling power. Oh, you didn't get a hold of that. When he tells you that you are energized with his ruling power. Glory to God. What do we rule over? Do we rule over one another? Do we rule over our kids and over our husband and over our wife? No, that's not what he's talking about. He begins to share the example of Jesus being raised from the dead. And he says he was raised up above all principality and power, might and dominion, and every name that is named. Well, praise God, we were raised up with him. And we have been given ruling power. Say it with me. I have been given ruling power to reign in life by Christ Jesus. Amen. Do you believe that? You've been given ruling power. So when you see the devil sniffing around your stuff, you've got ruling power. That means you have authority to speak to them and speak to them just as Jesus spoke to them. When they start rearing their ugly head and talking their stuff, you can say, muzzle it. Did you know that's what Jesus actually said? When they translated from the Greek language, he said that man in the synagogue and began to speak out, said, you're the son of the most high. He said, muzzle it. 
in a church service. I don't think much people would return if I said muzzle it to everybody that said something in here. Amen. I believe me, I've wanted to. Give the ushers some duct tape. Hello. But you've got ruling power. The ability to rule over circumstances and demonic entities that come against your life. You've got to believe this. Well, didn't that what Jesus said? Luke chapter 10? Come on, anybody remember what Luke chapter 10 says? He says, behold, I give you authority over ser- to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. That's what he said. And that's that ruling power that is given to us. But then we get to Iskus. And Iskus is very interesting because it is power that comes by being part of lineage. It's positional power. It means by virtue of you being born again, let's take King Charles. <laughs> right. The guy's a joke. Let's take him for a minute. You know why he's where he's at? It's not because he's the most handsome. It's not because he's the smartest. It's not because he's a great human being, because he is not. It's because he was born into a family where he was of noble birth. Actually, that's just another term for Nephilim blood, but I'll just tell you. We'll get in that on the 27th. In fact, when it comes to noble blood, it is the Apostle Paul who said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 where he talks about how he uses the moronic things of the world to confound the wise. And he says, don't you see that many of you don't operate in the wisdom of the world? You're not wise in the things of the world. And he says, you are not of noble birth. That is the Greek word for Eugene, eugenics. And that's what elitists believe. They believe that they are a higher class of human being. And that all of us are bottom feeders. And God chooses. Oh, come on now. He chooses to give us his kratos, iskus, energeo, and dunamis power. Amen? Now, the reason why I'm going over these terms is because they're going to be important as we go through the book of Ephesians. Because over and over in this book, he uses the word power. But it's different words for power. And by understanding the definitions of these words, we'll be able to understand the application of the the text. Amen? Because if we just use dunamis power, where kratos power is used, it's a different type of power. It's not talking about explosive power. It's talking about ruling power. It's not talking about ruling power. It's talking about positional power. Positional powers, you walk in a room and things start straightening up. Yeah. Just like a cop running in here. Come on now, cop comes in here, everybody's changing. Some of you be looking straight ahead. Hello. A cop comes in here, does the energy change in the room? Does the whole atmosphere change? Absolutely it does. 
because he's vested with authority. Amen? And so that's another word for power, you know, is exousia. So all these words are used in the resurrection of Jesus. And I submit to you that the resurrection of Jesus was the most powerful display of God's power, even greater than the creation of the universe, even greater, because he had to come against sin and death. Amen? When he created the universe, it said he created with his fingers. But praise God, he had to use his arm to pull Jesus up from the dead because he was pulling you and I up with him. Amen? So let's go back to chapter 3 and go to this wonderful verse. Now, last week we talked about how that the Apostle Paul is showing us that both Jew and Gentile are called to be one in Christ. And that Jesus through the cross has totally destroyed all barriers between us and God and between us and others. Amen? And so he says the gospel is to be preached to both Because God only sees two types of human beings, Jew and Gentile. Now in the church age, he sees all people the same because Jesus paid the price for everyone. So it is through their belief in the gospel, those that were near, he said, it's their belief in the gospel that makes them a new creation. And it's our belief, those that are far off, that have been brought near, the gospel causes us to come into the same family, creating a new creation species of being. Amen? And so he's celebrating that, that that is one of the great mysteries that God began to show forth through the work of Jesus. And this is vitally important that we understand this. So he, he talks about how the church is the manifold wisdom of God and that entities, angelic entities, hosts that have been around for millennia since the creation are looking into what God is doing with us and they're learning about God. They're learning about this whole economy and seeing the gospel be portrayed and seeing God's goodness and his greatness and his wisdom to where there'll be absolutely no doubt God is the wisest of them all, the fairest of them all, the purest of them all, the the holy one, praise God. There'll be no doubt. They can't come to him and say, you know what, you're unfair, you're unjust. Because that's what Lucifer said. That's what the rebellion was about. You're unjust. You don't do right. You are a respecter of persons. But God is showing through this entire situation that you and I are just a small piece in. We're not the central part. Amen? We're not the central part. Jesus is the central part. Amen? So we're a small piece of the, of the overall picture, but yet, praise God, we're the booty. Amen? Come on. That's not a good term to use there. But it, it, is, it is a proper term. It is a biblical term. It's used. We're the prize. We're the treasure. Okay? Come on now. Hello. I remember reading an article on a lady who was suing this food company. She, they made a little popcorn little treat called Pirate's Booty. 
And she was suing them because Pirate's booty was putting too much on her booty. <laughs> Amen. All right. That was good. That was... If you didn't come for one thing, that was it right there. Amen. So, verse number 14. He says, for this reason, I bow my knee before the Father. Now, notice that. See, the new creation is a species of being that hasn't been created before. The Jewish nation and those that were in Judaism did not know God as Father. But the new creation knows God as Father. And so for him to use that phrase right there, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Guess what? You don't just have a family down here. You've got a family up there. And I'm not talking about Uncle Leroy. I'm talking about other angelic hosts. Let's look at some of the greatest stories you're going to hear once you pass from this life is talking with your angel. You're going to know them, and you didn't never see them, but you're going to know them. And they certainly know you, and they've seen some stuff. Amen? Hello. But I'm here to tell you that's going to be the greatest time sitting and talking and fellowship with them. You, ha- you are part of a family of other sons of God. Did you know that? Angels are called sons of God because they're direct creations of God. Adam was a son of God. He was a direct creation. Amen? Amen? And praise God, we're the sons and daughters of God. We're born into a family that's not just terrestrial but also celestial. That's what he's saying. I bow my knee unto the Father of whom the, every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, praise God, he's got some good riches in his glory, amen, he may grant you to be strengthened. Oh, that's another word for power there. Guess what? It's the word kratos. He says that he may grant you ruling power. Praise God. Amen. We've already seen that we got it. Amen. That he may grant you ruling power with explosive power through his spirit. Amen. Amen. See, how do we receive this power? We receive this power by the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit living and abiding in us is what gives us his power. We don't have the power in and of ourselves. It's the power of the Holy Spirit residing in the believer. And notice he says this, strengthen with power through his spirit in your inner being. And I shared this with you many, many times, is that's how things come by the spirit. God is a spirit. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Spirit has to transfer to physical. How it transfers to physical is it goes from the spirit realm into your spirit and then begins to pass through into the physical realm. That's how everything works. That's how your salvation worked. Amen? Because when you got born again, the Holy Spirit came into your spirit, creating and making you a new creation. You were born of God, born of the spirit of God. But it took a while for that to begin to manifest and come out into the physical realm, didn't it? 
I know people that continued some of the habits that they had before. I know people that the habits stopped the minute they got born again. But it sometimes the salvation is worked out with fear and trembling. Amen? And there are different varying degrees of that. And it's dependent upon, you know, where what you put yourself under, the, the amount of study, the amount of thought, the amount of pursuit that you have. Some people get born again and they don't have access to a church. They don't have access to stuff. But praise God, that work will continue to be energized in their life and they'll continue to grow if they'll continue to pursue God. Amen? But that's how you receive from God. You receive by the Spirit to your spirit. And one of the major ways, and it makes people mad today, but I'm going to make you mad, one of the greatest ways is praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. And you've got to understand that that is vital. It isn't just some kind of higher level of conscious devotion to God. It's a, it's a tool. In fact, it says when we pray in an unknown tongue, your spirit, actually the, the Amplified and the Greek says this, your spirit by the Holy Spirit prays. So it's your spirit praying, but energized by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is giving direction and unction and utterance for you to speak forth things that are vital, not just to your personal life, but to people around the world. God can move on you to pray or intercede for somebody, and you'll get up into heaven, and this this person from another country is going to say, man, I'm so grateful that you, uh, at 1143 on a Friday night, and listen, you prayed for me, and I was delivered from, you know, radical tribe that was going to come and eat me, boil me up and eat me. But you prayed and interceded, and you released the power of God in that situation and angels were dispatched and I was protected supernaturally. That's going to happen. You're going to have meetings like that on the streets of gold every day. If you're given to intercession and if you're given to praying in the spirit, listen, and when it comes to receiving divine guidance and wisdom from God, when you pray in the spirit, you just need to allow the interpretation to begin to flow and it'll take some time. But some, as you begin to begin to get uh, that unction, you'll begin to start getting impressions of what you're saying. It won't be words per se, but it'll be an impression, something, so, uh, a video of something that's going to happen or something that's going to go on, and that's interpretation. See, it's not translation of tongues; it's interpretation of tongues. That's two different things. Translation, word for word. No, it's not word for word. It's 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 interpretation. It means that I take what is being said and I get an overall feel for it. Amen? That's the reason why you can be in some services and someone will give a long, diverse kind of tongue and the interpretation is short or vice versa. It's because it's interpretation of tongues. It means it takes what the Spirit is saying concisely builds an image and a person speaks to that. Do you see that? So when I'm needing wisdom from God, I'm praying in the Spirit. I'm saying, Lord, help me. I don't know what to pray for as I should. So I'm going to yield myself to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit begins to pray, you know, by my Spirit and release things into the atmosphere, praying the perfect will of God according to Romans chapter 8. Yes, amen. Amen. And then all of a sudden I'll start getting impressions and even direction. Sometimes it's calls this person. 
You need to talk to this person. Or some kind of idea will come in. Or some kind of vision will come in. I'm not talking about one of the weird visions. I'm just talking about just the inner vision. You just see yourself. Oh, yeah, I need to go do that. That's what I need to do. Or I need to look here. Or I need to look there. Sometimes when it comes to dealing with situations, your life problems, he'll give you the answer if you'll take the time. Amen? When it comes to healing, you receive healing first in your spirit. By the Holy Spirit. It starts first in the heart. Everything starts first in the heart. See, everybody wants instantaneous manifestation. doesn't work that way. Now, there are times in which it does. When the miraculous power of God instantaneously heals us, instantaneously delivers us. But for believers that are continuing to grow and develop, praise God, majority of the time it's going to be worked out. Because God is teaching us through the process. He's giving us more and more ability to hear, discern, and trust Him. Amen? And that's the reason why some things are in a process. It's because he's developing relationship through that process. It doesn't mean he's put it on you to get the relationship. It just simply means he's going to use what the devil meant for bad, and he's going to use it to his good. Come on now. I tell you what, I learned more through the six years I was going through this situation. I learned more about God. And you know, my wife, when I got the good report, she told me the other day, she said, she said, you know, I need to tell you this, that when you got that report, the Lord, before you even told me what it was, the Lord said, now see nothing shall be impossible for you. Amen. Why is that? Why is that? It's because of the process. See, I know about God in some areas that I didn't know before. I know how he works. Come on now. How did I learn? By the word. By fellowshipping with God in the spirit. Amen. That's how I learned these things. He would take every day sometimes would be a challenge. And I would have to yield myself to the spirit of God to receive direction to even get through the next day. I'd have symptoms in my arms and all kinds of junk. And, you know, I'd just say, Father God, I need your help. I need your help. I need you to give me some, you know, and I'd pray in the Spirit. And I'd receive from the Holy Spirit to my spirit that would illuminate and flash in my spirit-controlled imagination. And praise God, I'd be able to do it. One time I was having trouble with my left arm. And uh, I'm walking, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm praying. I'm saying, Lord, I'm having pain in my left arm. I don't like that. That's not a good sign. And he told me, he said, stretch forth your hand. You know, stretch forth your arm out there. And I just stretched it forth and the power of God hit it and that pain left. Hello. There's been times my breathing had been off. And I began to pray and seek the Lord and say, what's going on? And he, he would always diagnose and tell me what it was. And many times I would hear that because of the devil. Listen, when you get diagnosed with something, you stub your toe, you hear cancer. Don't you? That's the way the enemy works. Doesn't matter. And he'll tell me this. It's not your heart. That's what he said. It's not your heart. 
And then I'd have to pray a little bit more. And then I'd get what it was. He'd tell me what it was. And it turned out to be exactly what he said. See, that's how we receive from God, guys. See, you, Jesus came to bring heaven in you. God's kingdom resides in you by the Holy Spirit. So everything that the kingdom has is already there. There's nothing outside. It's all inside. Amen? Amen. So what do we have to do? We have to be more inside-minded. You understand what I'm saying? We have to begin to look to the inside, to the inner man, and begin to look to that for our situations. Instead of looking to the outside, now I'm not saying not go to doctors, and I'm not saying not take medicine. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes you'll talk to the Holy Spirit and begin to get unction. He'll give you direction on what to do. Do I need to go to the ER? You know, he'll let you know. He'll let you know. But if you're not, and I'm going to tell you this right now, if you're not getting anything, go to the ER. Stop it. Amen? If you're not getting anything, there were times in which my faith was not getting a hold on it. And I needed some physical assistance to help me continue the fight of faith. And that's what they provide. Because they can't heal you. Their medicine can't heal you. Their, their, their treatment can't heal you. They only assist nature in the healing process. So if you need some medicine to offset that high blood pressure for a time until you can get your faith and get your diet right and start, come on now. God forbid that God would tell you to stop drinking something. God forbid that God would tell you to stop eating that. Come on now. Hello. Because he will. God, I want to be healed. Well, stop eating them Doritos. Okay. Three bags a day. No, that ain't going to work. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember there was a, a guy that he just had a horrible back pain. And he would continue to come up for the prayer line for, for back pain. He'd come up and praise God, the power of God would hit him and he'd be relieved of that back pain for for days and even weeks. But it'd come right back. Well, this was Keith Moore that was telling the story. He said he laid hands on him one more time and, and he said, man, it just keeps coming back, this back pain that keeps coming back. Well, Keith Moore looked down and he had one of them big old huge bellies. One of them big old huge bellies that he used, one of them big old belt buckles to keep in, you know, you just keep, because you know if that thing flipped out, it was just going to go all over the place. Hello. <laughs> and he said, the Lord's going to touch you and heal you back, but you need to lose some weight. You need to lose some weight in your gut because it's throwing your back out. Come on now. We don't like this stuff. We'll just move on. All right. But it's the truth. Your faith cannot override your lack of obedience to God. God tells you to do something, you don't do it. Don't think your faith's going to override that. Amen? That's foolishness. God gave you the word. Amen? 
And praise God, the power is with that word. And sometimes that word is drink more water. (laughs) Come on now. Sometimes that word is get outside and walk and breathe some fresh air. Sometimes that word is, you know, stop smoking. Hello. Amen. And we've got to be obedient to that word. And our faith can't override that. Amen. Once God tells us what to do, we've got to do it. We've got to use faith to do it. Amen? Oh, we don't like this. It's all right. Okay. So that's how we receive from God. So look at verse number 17. See, the reason why we need to be strengthened with his might and with his power in our, through the Spirit in our inner man is so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. Now, we've all received Christ, and we all have Christ living on the inside of us, but does he have access See, to dwell means to make his home in. There are believers that have received Christ, but they've never made a home for him. You understand what I'm saying? They've never let him, you know, listen, you know that Jesus is Lord when he's Lord over your bedroom, over your sock drawer, and over your refrigerator. Amen? When you let him have access to all of the areas of your life, and he's pleased to dwell there, he can dwell there. And that means make his home in. And when someone comes and they have their home, you do things in your home you wouldn't do in someone else's house. You won't even do them in a motel. But at home, man, you'll do, you know, you'll lounge, you'll get whatever you want, move whatever you want. You know, come on now. You make your home. Now, if you did that at someone else's house, they might be a little concerned that you're in your underwear on their recliner. How many have kids, grown kids, that come into your house? Do they act like strangers in your house? Or do they just go in and open that refrigerator up and begin to get whatever they want and lay down on the couch and, and put the TV on? Come on now. They may, it's their, they're making it their home. Well, if we need to have the strength, come on now, to be able to allow Christ to make our, to inhabit us And make this his home. Not just positionally, but relationally. In actuality. He's able to get into things that others can't get access to. You see what I'm saying? So he makes his home in us and dwells in our hearts through faith. That we, being rooted and grounded in love... See, love is the key. The only way you're going to allow him to have his place is by being made perfect in love. Because perfect love casts out fear. What keeps him from having access is fear. We're afraid to give him parts of our lives. Come on now. Have you ever been afraid? I'm not going to pray that because he's going to say I need to do it. How many have ever done that? I've done that. I've done that. Hello. Because if I pray that, he's going to do it. Or maybe you, you know, got a, got a wad of cash from somebody and you purposely kept it home. 
tonight because you knew he was going to say, you're going to give that. Come on now. Come on, people. I'm serious. This is real stuff. This happens. This happens. I'm not taking that $50 down there. He's going to make me give that away. Come on, because we know the character. We know the character of God. Come on. Or you've got areas of abuse in your life or offense in your life you don't want to get rid of. You like, you like seeing those people in their little orange jumpsuits, you know, weed sickling the highways of your heart. Prisoners that you have deemed unworthy to live life and you've made them a prison through your own offense and you judge them. And you're operating in unforgiveness and you don't want Jesus to have access to that area. You're saying, no, don't go in that room. Don't go in that room. Oh, you, you know, have you ever stayed at someone's house and they'll say this? You can be in this area, but don't go in the third bedroom. Hello. There's some houses you don't want to go in that third bedroom at all, even if you had access to it. Hello. But Jesus wants access to all of it. And we've got to operate in love to cast out that fear. Hello. I'm talking about high trust, high submission, high levels of vulnerability that can only come by faith. Amen? See, we've got to be empowered, strengthened to be able to operate at this level. Amen? That's why we need to pray this prayer. May have strength to comprehend. That's what I named my book after, which is Empowered to Discover is what the, uh, oh, what is that translation? The Passion Translation says, Empowered to Discover. So there's an empowerment to discover. And what are we going to discover? We're going to discover with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height, and depth. And you can take each of these things and you can apply them to areas of the Word of God. Because Jesus is the Word of God. And we want to know the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of Jesus. Amen? And the Word. It is not, now notice, it is not, as some translations say, the breadth and length and height and depth of love. That's not what he's talking about. Even though God is love. And if God is love, Jesus is God, so Jesus is love. Come on now. But understand this, it is about the person of Jesus through the word. We are to grow in our breadth, in our length, in our height, and in our depth of God. Deep cries out to deep. Amen? And God continues to call us in to begin to explore the dimensions of Jesus. Now, if we were to take a, a survey or if we could project what goes on in our inner man and we could project it in some kind of numerics or some kind of um, uh, system that calculates, we would all, as we mentioned the name of God, we would all have different heights, depths, and lengths. Come on. We'd have different dimensions because all of us are growing in our revelation of God. And that's the reason why experiences such as going through a test or trial, they expand the measurements. 
Now, there's no possible way you're going to be able to measure God. God is too vast. But we operate in this life based upon our measurements of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? God's immeasurable. But we operate practically in this life by what we deem his measurement is in any given situation. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So to some people, when it comes to healing, the measurements are broad. The measurements are deep. The measurements are wide. Come on now. They're tall. And in some, they don't trust the Lord in that area. So the dimensions are smaller. But when it comes to financial provision, they may have greater, bigger dimensions. Amen? Someone who has went through a physical battle and has seen God's faithfulness in the midst of that battle has a broader view of God than someone who has not. Amen? Someone that has done something that God asked them to do and it seemed impossible, all that serves to do as we continue to walk is increase our capacity to understand and know God and see him in a deeper way. Amen? And so it, it requires faith. It requires love to do this. You can't do it without it. You're going to have to be empowered to discover this stuff. You need a supernatural empowerment to even receive the revelation of the depths of God. Oh, come on now. It isn't just going to come to you because you want it. Desire is a big part of it. But I'm here to tell you, you've got to fight the good fight of faith. You've got to lay hold of eternal life. Are you with me? Okay, now notice this. And to know the love of Christ. See, that's important. You need to continuously grow in love. Not just in your love for others, but in your love for God. And you need to grow in your understanding of his love for you. Remember, we told you last week or last Sunday that joy comes from a revelation of the goodness of God and his grace towards you. That you cannot experience true, bountiful joy unless you have some understanding of the grace of God that's towards you. There's absolutely no way I can exhibit joy without that knowledge. Well, the same here. We've got to be persuaded of God's disposition towards us. That he loves us with an everlasting and unconditional love. These are things that we have to embrace. It says, I have known and I have believed. See, it's not just to know, it's to believe. I, that's what First John chapter 5 says. I, we know and therefore we believe the love of God. You've got to believe the love of God. Because what's the enemy going to attack you most? He's going to attack you in the love of God. He's going to attack you in the fact, well, you know what? God's upset with you. That's the reason why you're going through what you're doing, going through. God's upset. You made him mad. Hello. Well, I don't know if God loves me anymore. I'm just having a hard time. I've heard that a gazillion times. I've said it. That's That's a Achilles heel that he uses to trip you up. Amen? So we've got to grow in the love of God and to know 
the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Isn't that wonderful? It surpasses knowledge. See, there's no knowledge I can attain that can hold the love of God. Isn't that wonderful? As big as I try to make the the cup for him to fill it up, he's always got more. Amen. Amen? So we need to continue to expand our capacity and expand our cup so that God can fill it even more. Amen? (coughs) Are you getting anything out of this? Okay, all right. Now, I love this right there, right here. It says, that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I remember this when I saw this scripture, Karen and I, this was years ago. This is before we had, I think this is before we had kids. Uh, or she was pregnant with Josh. But we were at the, um, we were at the laundromat here in Manford. That laundromat's been here since... Abraham. <laughs> we were at the laundromat in Manford, and we, were, we she was doing our clothes there, and I had just gotten an Amplified Bible, and that was just a big deal for me to get an Amplified Bible. You know, those things were 30 bucks, you know, hardcover. We didn't have much money, and I got an Amplified Bible. So I'm walking around that laundromat, and I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible, and, you know, as she's doing the... the uh, um, doing the laundry and not much has changed over the years but uh, anyway so <laughs> Karen will say amen in the back but uh, so, so I'm reading and she's folding clothes and this in this scripture in the amplified says to be wholly flooded with light filled with the illumination of God How many want some of that? Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. It's yours. It's yours. That's what this prayer is for. This prayer is for you to be able to experience that illuminating presence of the Lord, that revelation light that comes with his presence. Amen. I want to be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. Now, the Bible says that we've received, we partake of his fullness, and that his fullness is in us. But these prayers activate awareness. You understand what I'm saying? These prayers activate awareness of the fullness of God. See, it's not that we're trying to get the fullness of God. It's that we are aware of the fullness of God, and we begin to appropriate. See, you've got to learn to appropriate what God's put on the inside of you. You do it through faith and love. Amen? Do you understand that? Amen? Now notice this. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us. Now notice that. That word power, the dunamis power, that explosive power. Okay? Notice this. God does exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. And most people put a period right there. But that's not what it says. It says God does exceeding abundantly according to the power that is at work in us. Amen? So it's explosive power, energeo, working energy, praise God, divine energy on the inside of us 
that works the exceeding abundant power of God in our lives. Amen? We need to stop looking outside. We need to start looking inside. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Amen? I may not be the smartest person in the class. I might not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but I have the mind of Christ on the inside of me. You know, I may not be the strongest physical specimen that there is. I may not have uh, any muscle on my body whatsoever, but I have the strength of God on the inside of me. Amen? I mean, come on now. Jesus has become unto us wisdom, righteousness. Come on now. He is our everything. See, I don't receive strength from my blood pump. I receive strength from the Spirit of God in my spirit. I, I, I don't. He is my wisdom. That means that my wisdom doesn't come from me going and get degrees. My wisdom comes from a relationship with the creator of the universe. And he talks to me by his spirit into my spirit. I am not a mere man. I'm a supernatural new creation man. Jesus was the God man, but I'm a man filled with God. Praise God, you're a woman filled with God. God lives on the inside of you, but yet we relate to him as if he is far away. And he's not. He's as close as opening up your Bible. He's as close as uttering the name of Jesus. He's as close as saying, thank you, Lord. He's as close as just opening your mouth in a praise. Come on now. Hallelujah. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That's a powerful prayer. See, I'll go through and I'll pray these prayers continually. I call them the king's breakfast. If you eat this king's breakfast, you're going to be blessed. You say, Father God, I thank you that my eyes are enlightened. The eyes of my understanding are filled and flooded with light of revelation of who you've called me to be, what's the inheritance that you put within me, praise God, because it's all there, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards me because I believe. That same power when you raised Jesus Christ from the dead and you raised him above all principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named. And then I go, for this cause I bow my knee unto the Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he may grant unto me to be strengthened with all might by his spirit in my spirit. See, you make this yours. Declare this as yours. It will create an awareness of what you have. It's no longer something that's outside of you, something that's unattainable or something that you have to Build up a level two. That's a lot of people have that mindset. Well, I'm, I'm on level two, you know. I'm, that's level five. No, you've got all the levels. The only thing that keeps you from experiencing these things is the proper mind renewal to access it.
Your mind is keeping you from experiencing more of God. That's just the truth. Amen? To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. You want more life and peace? Be spiritually minded. Amen? Okay. All right. We got five more minutes. You okay? Okay. Chapter four. Can you believe it? Okay. Now notice this. He says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord. Now notice this. There's no chapter and verse in the scriptures. So he's continuing along the same truth here. God's able to do exceeding abundantly. You know, he's begin to share all these truths with us. And he says, a prisoner for the Lord. He constantly calls himself a prisoner or a slave. And uh, this is not just any words, bond slave or bond servant. And it's a slave that operates in the, in the auspices of a slave by choice. He's no longer bound by obligation or owned by the master per se. He's been released and given his freedom and he chooses to continue in the service of the master by choice, by love. He's called a love slave. Now, don't get all weird on me on that, but that's exactly what he's called. I'll tell you what, with the Internet, those words can get really weird. But it's the truth. That's what they call them. They call them love slaves, all right? And it just means that they would, you know, not go out from their freedom. They would stay with the master, and they'd serve the master for because they love them. I want to be with them. Amen. And he says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Now, he's not saying that you're not worthy. That's not what he's saying. Because some people read this stuff and they said, well, he's not saying that I'm, I'm worthy. I've got to make myself worthy. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying that you need to walk in the awareness of what you are called into with a right heart in a worthy manner. That means if I've got this great calling and I've got this great inheritance and I've got this great power, I need to walk and act like I got it. And I need to make decisions that are in line with that kind of lifestyle. That means that I'm not out doing stupid stuff, come on now, and misrepresenting the Lord and being a gossip and a slanderer and a murderer and all kinds of fleshly things. See, I need to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that the Lord has given me. Amen? Now notice this. He says, how do we do this? With all humility. Notice that. See, the key to being a successful disciple is walking in humility. Humility is the opposite of what? Pride. Pride is detrimental. God hates pride. God absolutely abhors it. It's abominable to him. Amen? But yet, we wrestle with pride every day. But in order to walk worthy of the calling, we have to walk in humility. Amen? Now, notice humility and gentleness. Amen? I tell you what, there's a lot of gifted people, but they certainly aren't gentle. In fact, the most talented and gifted people can be the meanest. How many of you, I know some people have been church hurt. Let's just say what it is, church butt hurt. Come on now. 
And it's usually by someone who was gifted that you look up to that wasn't gentle. Didn't operate in the spirit of humility. Did not operate. Come on now. Let's be real. Didn't operate in gentleness. Amen. With patience. Praise God. You know you're in a good leadership culture when these things are prevalent in your leadership. That doesn't mean they're perfect because it doesn't say be perfect. It just says they need to be display humility, they need to display gentleness, and they need to display patience. And notice this one, bearing with one another. To bear means to take up and, and to bear one another's burdens. You know, someone's in trouble, you're ready to, ready to help. You're not ready to point the finger and, nah, 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 I told you so, stuff like that, or you stupid idiot. Come on now. You're ready to help bear one another, bear with one another. Now notice it says bearing with one another in love. See, you know that you're in the right place when these things are primary in your leadership. The leadership that you're under, if you want a litmus test as to whether or not you're in the right place and you've got the right shepherds, then you look at this verse. You look at this verse. Hello. Amen? And it says, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Amen? Now, I'm going to close with that, but, but it, it's vital and important for us to understand that, that that is the sign of a healthy assembly. That's a sign of healthy leadership. That's the sign of a healthy church. If we're operating that, it doesn't mean we're not going to have opposition, or have problems. It doesn't mean that you're going to agree with the leadership or agree with one another 100% of the time. It just simply means you're striving for the unity. You're not trying to cause division. You're not trying to cause these things. You know, God hates division. Did you know that? In fact, that's one of the abominable acts that he absolutely deplores and hates. The people that bring disunity among the brethren. But yet the church is filled with all kinds of people that want to create disunity in the brethren. They don't understand. They, they see it as the, 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 um, the tenth gift of the Spirit, the gift of suspicion. You know, they're always trying to find some flaw or fault. Listen, you go looking for flaws, you're going to find them. You're going to find them, you're going to find them, you're going to find them. But the spirit of the house should be one that is filled with humility, gentleness. Come on now. Gentleness. They're not, you know, sitting there Bible belting you. Come on. Because you messed up. Hello. I'll tell you what. To do what Jesus asked us to do as a church makes religious people very mad. Hello. You know, there's been times in which uh, leaders have gotten in trouble and have found themselves in contrarian circumstances. And, uh, you know, things that if it would have been anywhere else, they probably would not be here. Amen? But when you study the scripture and you realize that when your brother and sister repents. 
Oh, come on now. See, restoration is the key. Restoration is what you want. You want a church that restores. You don't want a church that divides and, and says, you know, that's it, you're done. Hello? If that was the case, we'd all be out of here. Come on now. And, and there are people, and I'm just going to say this, and, you know, you can take it where you want and put it, roll it up in a big fatty and smoke it. <laughs> but there are people that they want to up-to-date. I guess on our stream, Rebecca, you might write this down, we need one of them ticker things that tell what everybody did this past week. Hello. What is this, the scarlet letter? Are we going to start giving T-shirts out with, with a big A on them? And, uh, you know, right. come on now. And we're just walking around. Hello. There are people that say, you know, you need to tell everybody what they did. You know, you need to let everybody know. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. First off, it's none of your business. And half of you ain't mature enough to be able to handle it anyway. Because all you're going to do is just put it on Facebook. Manford 411. I can say it already. People ain't mature to handle this stuff. You need to handle it right. Someone messes up, not everybody needs to know about it. What if we just took a part of our service and I had Jeff come up here and every week he would say, you, Joel did this this week, and, uh, you know, and so-and-so's having marriage problems. And uh, Would you come to a church like that? Would that be something like you'd get up in the morning and say, man, I've got to get to that church? No. <laughs> you would stay home, and you'd eat Krispy Kreme all day. Amen? It's ridiculous what people want. It's not godly. It's not, come on now, it's not humble. It's not gentle. Hello. Well, why'd you let him do this and why'd you let him do that? Well, you know, we need to understand that that God leads and directs what we do. Amen? And we don't just give up on people here. We don't throw them under the bus. Hello. I know crazy stuff about most of you in here. Hello. But you need to understand that I got some crazy stuff too. All of us do. Amen. And see, there has to be humility. There has to be gentleness. There has to be a a bearing one another. When someone comes to me with something like a divorce or like something, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. I want to help. I want to aid. Does correction need to happen? Yes. Yes. But correction, listen, you can't correct anyone whom you do not love. Love is the basis to where it's that comes, and it should be the foundation. See, we've got to understand when you're under right leadership, there, there's, a, there's a need to continue with the unity 
even when there are chaotic situations that are trying to attack and trying even within to cause schisms and divisions in the body. There's been seasons in the church in which there, there were attacks within. We have to maintain the spirit of unity. We have to maintain bearing one another, bearing up with one another with patience and love and, and respect. Come on now. Hello. That's my soapbox moment. But you, you know, when you're under right leadership, those are the characteristics. Those are the characteristics that you can tell someone is walking with the Lord. If they display that, doesn't mean perfectly, but if they display those things, you're going to say, man, that is a man after God's own heart or a woman after God's own heart. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. Let's lift our hands and give him praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We give him praise and glory. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The word of God is rich to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, we have altars here for you to pray and seek the face of God if you desire. We'll also have ministers here that will be able to assist you with any questions you might have. And they're going to be here as I close the service. Uh, We're going to have a powerful time this weekend. Just look forward to men's breakfast. It's going to be great. And to get your tickets to that. And then we're going to have a wonderful time uh, on Sunday morning as well. And uh, it's going to be great. Amen. And listen, sign up for that dinner because it's going to be a good dinner. I have bought enough spam for everybody. And I might even throw some government cheese on there. Amen. Hallelujah. So sign up. Sign up there. Get get signed up for it. It's going to be a way of us saying thank you for your service. And we're just going to have a wonderful time fellowshipping together and rejoicing in all that God has done in this past year. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And then <coughs> I'm very excited about our series kickoff on the 27th, uh, Disclosure. Now, I'm not going to stream these in the regular streaming places. I'm going to put them on our website, and that's where they'll be. And I, I'm even thinking about putting them where you have to have a code to watch them. So, uh, um, but we're going to talk about some very important things that I believe every believer needs to know to go into these last days. Amen? And so it's going to be good. We're going to be talking about some stuff and sharing the headlines that are going on around the world and showing you the biblical eschatology that, that shows what's going on. Amen? And it's going to be really good. How many liked Truth Revolution? Amen. Okay. Well, we've got Truth Revolution now in the bookstore. We've got Truth Revolution. And we've got a series I did years ago that many of you need. And I won't name any names. But are you a control freak? I got some control super freaks in this house. I won't, I won't name names, Dana. But... Uh, I'm just kidding. But you can get it in there in the bookstore. Spirit Aware is available in the bookstore. This is some good stuff. Good stuff that we learned over the last couple of years. Get a hold of it. Listen to it over and over again. It'll put meat on your bones. Amen? Hallelujah. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.